Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Uh, let's just say this together. Say, Father, thank you for your Word. Your Word is spirited life to me. I believe with all my heart that your Word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only, and I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today because you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do that work in my life. Reveal truth. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it. And I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. The Apostle Paul, in Philippians, the third chapter, verse number 7, he says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed... I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I, am, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Now, notice what he said there. He said, uh, all of the things that I gained by my own self-effort, he says, I count these things all as loss. He said, that I may gain Christ. Praise God. And so, let's, let's go on here in um, uh, Philippians, the third chapter, verse number 10. He continues and he says, that I may know him, that I may know him. Praise God. Now, there's a passage of scripture that, that we're going to get into. We're going to talk about a little bit more that talks about knowing him. And the, the thing that, you know, as a, um, I, I grew up in church. I, I suspect that I was probably uh, not much more than a week old, if even that, the first time I went to church. And so I've been in church my entire life. I'm 61 years old, been in church my whole life. And, um, you know, 
as, as having grown up and come up in church, uh, you know, we learned a lot of things. We learned, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the things that I learned in church. Uh, in Sunday school class, we learned all the stories, the Bible stories about the, uh, the things that Jesus did and, the, you know, all of the miracles in the Bible. And we learned the stories about all of those things. And while that's important and we need to know about those things, we need to know uh, that uh, Jesus walked on water. We need to know that uh, he took five loaves and two fish and he fed a multitude of people. We need to know that Jesus died on a cross and that he rose again from the dead. We, all of those things are important. And, you know, if, if you're not learning those things, you know, l- let me help you understand something. You can't possibly learn all those things by sitting in church for an hour a week. Okay? You're going to have to be a Bible student on your own, praise God. You're going to have to open the book yourself, and you're going to have to read it and, and learn those things. And, uh, uh, you know, it, that, that's important. But the Scripture says my job as a pastor, Ephesians chapter 4, says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But I can't do, you know, when you went to school, how many of you ever had homework? Okay. Four people. Uh, some of you didn't know you had homework. Oh, I, and, and the next day when the teacher asked for your homework, you said, oh, I didn't know we were supposed to do that. But, you know, uh, some of you probably didn't do your homework, but I can assure you that if you went to high school, all of you had homework, okay? I've been there, I know. And uh, so you, you had homework whether you did it or not. Let me just say this. As a pastor, you know, a- equipping the saints for the work of ministry, you have some homework. And the reason you have some homework is because we can't teach you everything you need to know right here in this, uh, you know, 45-minute sermon a week. And so you need to do your homework. You need to break out your Bible. You need to read it. You need to study it. Praise God. And when you have an opportunity to study with somebody else, somebody's having a Bible, hey, go study with them. Praise God. Go become a part of, of what's going on with this. And, and, hey, have a Bible study in your house. Praise God. You know, if you don't feel qualified to, to teach it, find somebody who is and say, hey, can you come? I want to have a Bible study in my house. I don't feel like I, I'm qualified to teach it, but will you come and help me with it? You know, and uh, study the Word of God. I remember as a kid growing up, that uh, we would go, something that not very many people do anymore, but uh, my dad would load my mom and us kids up in the car, and we would go visit somebody. We'd just go to their house and, and, and visit. Sometimes we might have some cookies and uh, 
soft drinks or something like that and, and sit there. And, and I remember the kids would go out in the backyard and play. And, uh, but, but I remember my dad and the, the man of the house that we were visiting would sit there and for a couple of hours they would talk about the Bible. And, you know, I, I remember that so well. And, and even though, you know, I'm just a kid, and a lot of the times I wasn't even in there. I was out playing. But, uh, but I would come in, and, and I would catch enough of that to, 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 that I picked up a whole lot of things in, in, uh, in those times. And, you know, those are so valuable. But uh, let me just go on and, and talk about this, that we learned the Bible stories. We learned about the miracles that Jesus did. And all that, as important as that is, the Apostle Paul said the one thing that we really, really need is to know him. Praise God. To know him. And if all I know is the stories about what Jesus did in his three and a half years of ministry here on this earth. If that's all I know about is, is what he did, then what I am doing, and get this, this is, this is some powerful revelation for you right here, some powerful revelation, and this, this ties into what I was talking about when I, when I posted last night that uh, it was right in front of my face, and I didn't see it, but then... I see it. See, what, what happened when, when we pray for the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened, you don't ever know when the light's going to come on. Praise God. And, uh, you know, I've had the light come on at the strangest times and in the strangest places. But uh, yesterday morning, I was sitting in my uh, living room. I was waiting on... Uh, my wife to get ready for us to go up to the high school to help with the outreach there, and the light came on. And I saw something I had never seen before. Now, I knew all the facts, but I'd never tied them together in the same way. Praise God. And so, um, you know, Paul said that I may know him. If all we ever know is the, is the Bible stories, what we have known is Jesus according to the flesh. See, that, that's, that's, that's what we, have, if all we know is the stories, if all we know is what he did, see, the Apostle Paul wrote this. He said that the hope of glory is Christ in you. The hope of glory is Christ in you. But if all I ever know is those stories, I've just known him according to the flesh. I've just known about this man named Jesus, mightily used of God, great prophet, greatest teacher, greatest prophet that ever walked the earth, and, I, and I've known him according to the flesh, but that is not, see, Jesus' purpose in coming to this earth was not for those three and a half years of ministry. That was to get him to the purpose. Praise God. And so when he says, when the scripture says, and let me find that, that passage. Um, 
Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. See, if all we ever know is those stories, we haven't known the power of the resurrection. Um, and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Um, you know, but if, if uh, I, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, I believe it is, says that, that we should know him no more after the flesh. We should know, uh, know him no longer according to the flesh. But if all we ever know is what he did in his earthly ministry, we've only known him according to the flesh. But when Christ is revealed in you, now we can begin to walk in what he came for. Praise God. See, he didn't come here to, Jesus didn't come to this earth to work miracles, although he worked miracles while he was here. He didn't come here to heal a few sick folk. He came here to bring healing to the world. He didn't come here to, to uh, teach you how to be a better person, although he did that. And if you'll pay attention to what he taught, you can learn how to be a better person. But his primary purpose in Jesus coming to this earth, in him, the Son of God, coming to this earth in the likeness of flesh, praise God, was the, the outcome of it was to get in you. Praise God. He came here to get in you so that he could live in and through you. Praise God. Jesus didn't go back to heaven uh, just so that, well, because he was tired of being here. Jesus went back to heaven so that God in the person of the Holy Spirit, and remember God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit are one. So for Jesus, for, for God the Word to come and dwell on the inside of you, He does so through the person of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And the same anointing that rested upon Jesus. See, the Apostle Paul said, now you are the body of Christ. You are the body that the Christ lives in. And the word Christ means the anointed. And so you become, corporately, we become the embodiment of the anointing. That didn't happen according to the flesh. Jesus in flesh doesn't move on the inside of you. But... The Holy Spirit comes and dwells on the inside of you. We should know him no longer uh, according to the flesh. He's not saying don't know about that. He's saying that is not 
his function today. His function is to be in you by the person of the Holy Spirit so that in reality, God the Word becomes, it is, it is continues to be manifest in this world. Praise God. Praise God. You know, many people act like Jesus came and he lived here for three and a half, or 33 years and then he went back to heaven and nothing changed. But what we don't understand is that everything changed. Praise God. Everything changed. And if we don't know what changed, then we'll never, we'll never benefit from what changed. Praise God. Now, um, my knowledge of him has got to go deeper than just my knowledge of Jesus, the Word made flesh. You see, because he's, the, the Word became flesh and dwelled among us, past tense. He became, he came, and he dwelt among us, past tense, in the flesh. But you see, the day came when Jesus went back to heaven, and he said, if I don't go away, he said, the comforter won't come. The Holy Spirit won't come. He won't come and dwell on the inside of you as long as I am here. But he says, as long as I am here, he's dwelling in me. You see, the Holy Spirit dwelt upon Jesus without measure, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, he never intended, he never intended to stay. That wasn't the plan. He wanted to come and he wanted to to do a work that would change your life so that Holy Spirit could come and dwell in you. And so, you know, when Jesus is walking the shores of Galilee, he could be one place at one time. And if you weren't where Jesus was, you, was, you were not going to be where the anointed one was. But praise God, today, you know, we've got numerous anointed ones sitting in this room. And when you go out from here, we're all going different places. The glory of the Lord will fill the earth because the glory of the Lord is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. Now let's get this. Philippians chapter 3. But let, me, let me read uh, one verse before I go there. Let me read this from Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 9. It says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. Now, why was he made a little lower the, than the angels, or why did he come and why did he dwell on this earth? For the suffering of death. Now, he, he goes on and he says this. We see him crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. That he might taste death for everyone. 
He didn't taste death so that he could uh, identify with what you're going through. That wasn't the, you know, many people think, well, Jesus came and he did all this. He lived on this earth so he could identify with the struggles we go through. No, no, no. You missed the whole point if that's what you think. Jesus didn't come so he could identify with you in the sense that he could understand what you're going through. He came so he could identify in the sense that he could become what, so that you could become what he is. Praise God. So you could become what he is. He wanted to identify with you in that regard that you could become what he is. Praise God. Now, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12, says, Not that I have already attained. Paul says, I, I, I don't have this all, I, I don't comprehend it all yet. Now, if Paul didn't comprehend it all, what makes me think I do? You know, never get to the point where you think you know it all. Never get to the point where you think you have totally comprehended because if you do, you'll stop learning anything. He says, not that I have attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, he's going to tell you what maturity is. He's going to tell you what maturity is. A lot of times we have a, a messed up idea of what maturity is. But he's going to tell you what maturity is right here. He says, let as many as are mature have this mind. So if you don't have this mind, Paul said, you're not matured. If you are mature, this will be your mentality. And if anything, if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that I have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us have the same mind. Praise God. Praise God. So it, when, when we begin to think that we know it all, that's proof that we're not mature. Now, I want to go to this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to jump around here just a little bit uh, to get what I need to get today. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20, says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, 
you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Verse number 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Ephesians 5, verse number 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So he's saying this, all these things, this is what you once were. Things have changed. Things are different. It's no longer the way it was. And then notice this. He said, you're no longer, it, it's, it's no longer I that live. It's no longer I that live. Tuck that away. And the only way you can live that, the only way you can live, Paul says it's no longer I that, that live. So how, how do you connect with that? How do, I mean, what does that mean? It's no longer I that live. Well, I thought I was living, you know. The only way I can relate to that is by faith. Now, I spent a lot of years in Word of Faith circles. And uh, I know some people would say, well, I'm, I'm really not Word of Faith anymore. I, I don't think that's true. I think I am. I think I'm probably more Word of Faith than I've ever been. Uh, you know, if we understand what the Word of Faith is, I, I think I'm more Word of Faith than I've ever been. But that, that's really... Uh, beside the point. In Word of Faith circles, we learned a lot about living by faith. We, we, we learned about, um, you know, it, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And so, um, but our faith, I came to realize this a, a few years ago, that our faith was often misdirected or, or uh, misplaced. And so we learned, well, if you need healing in your body, you receive healing by faith. That's true. That's true. There are principles of faith that you can, in, that you can apply in your life to receive healing for your body. Need your financial needs met. We learned about that God wants us blessed and prosperous, and he wants to supply all of our needs. That's all true. I'm not being critical of that at all, but there is a much deeper thing right here that I want you to see. It goes much deeper, and if you get this thing, it will settle the issue of getting your needs met. It will settle the issue of getting your body healed. It'll, it'll take care of all those things if you get this. Christ, life in you. Now, the Apostle John said it this way, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Well, how is he? How is he? 
So you're suffering with, with a, a, a physical illness. Is he suffering with a physical illness? No. Jesus isn't sick. As he is, so are we in this world. Does Jesus lack for any good thing? Does Jesus lack for any provision for life? You know? Now, Jesus walking on this earth in his earthly ministry, he demonstrated a lot to us. You know, Jesus fed a multitude of people, which is estimated to be at least 20,000 people, 5,000 men besides women and children is what it says. So it's estimated it was a minimum of 20,000 people. And he fed that multitude with five loaves and two fish. Jesus did not carry around with him provision to feed a multitude of 20,000 people. But when he needed it, he had it. See, here's the thing. Jesus said, in fact, in that very Luke chapter 9, I believe it is, is, is where he fed the, the 5,000 besides women and children. If you back up just, just a few verses earlier than that, we find that Jesus sent 12 out and he told them, don't take any money with you, don't take any food with you, don't take your, uh, an extra set of clothes, don't take anything with you, you just go out. And then we come down uh, sometime later, Jesus said, do you remember when I sent you out and said, don't take anything with you? Did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. He was teaching us how to walk. He was teaching us how to live. You see, we wrap ourselves around accumulating everything to ourselves so that we have all we need right here in our hands. And if we really had as much as we want, our wallet wouldn't fit in our pocket. You know, if we really had all that we think we need to have with us, we couldn't carry it around. You'd have to have an armored cargo with you. But Jesus didn't do that when he needed to feed 5,000 people. He didn't have anything. He didn't even have five loaves and two fish. A little boy gave that to him so that he could use it to feed the multitude. When Jesus went to the wedding at Cana and they ran out of wine, Jesus didn't have a barrel of wine. Jesus simply said, okay, what do we have? We got some jars, we got some water. Let's fill up the jars with water. And then he said, now take it and serve it to the, to the host of the, uh, of the wedding feast. You see, Jesus needed to pay his taxes. He told Peter, go down and catch a fish, and in the fish's mouth you'll find a coin. Take it and, and, and pay your taxes and my taxes. Jesus wasn't hung up on this thing of I've got to have it in my hands or I can't do anything. He's teaching us how to live. And remember, as he is, so are we in this world. And remember this, that the Apostle John also said this, that he who abides in him ought to walk like he walked. 
He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. You know, don't worry about those things. He said, my heavenly father knows you need those things. Praise God. Jesus never worried about most of the things that we worry about. I don't think Jesus worried about anything, but, uh, you know, he certainly didn't worry about some of the trivial things that, that we worry about. As he is, so are we in this world. And the mystery of the gospel is not that, that uh, you know, well, the mystery of the gospel is this, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Praise God. And how can we live the life of Christ? You see, my faith needs to not be directed towards how to get stuff. My faith needs to be directed in believing that his life is in me. Because if I can believe that, Getting stuff won't be any problem. I don't need to haul it around with me. Praise God. When I can get a hold of the fact that he is in me, there was never a situation, you know, all of the miracles that Jesus did, he did all those things, but they, they were all unique. They were all unique. Jesus needed to get to his disciples who were out in the middle of the lake, so he went walking across the water. Jesus was asleep in the boat. His disciples were upset because of the storm. Jesus just got up and he said, peace be still. And the storm ceased. Praise God. You see, all of these things were very unique. Jesus came upon a funeral procession and he Raised the person from the dead. Jesus came upon lepers that, uh, um, you know, they, they came to him to be healed. Jesus healed them. Why was Jesus able to do those things? Because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil, for God was with him. That's what Peter said when he was preaching at Cornelius' house. Praise God. And it is the very same thing. Jesus died and he rose again, not just so that your sins could be forgiven. Now, that's a, that is the most important thing that he did. But that's not all he did. He died and rose again so that you could live his life. Praise God. So that you could walk like he walked. Praise God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 14. It says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. Now, that's, that's very simple accounting. If one died for, for all, then it's equivalent to all dying. And then he says, one died for all, then it is accounted that all died. 
and he died for all. So that those of us who live should no longer live for themselves. There's a problem for most people living for themselves. And then he says that they should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Praise God. Then he goes on and he says this, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. What's, what's he talking about? We've got a deeper knowledge than just the things he did in his fleshly, earthly ministry. Praise God. We realize that, you know, once again, I go back to this statement. If all we know is what he did in his earthly ministry, we just know him according to the flesh. But if we understand the real purpose was for him to die your death so that you could live his life. And now you know him no longer according to the flesh because it's not just about those things he did, the miracles that he did, and the works that he did, but it is about where he is today. He is in you and you in him. And your lives have been merged together as one. Praise God. And when you get that, and it's going to take you a while. I don't expect anybody to walk out of here today with, with the revelation of this. I expect you to walk out with more revelation than you came in with. But Paul said, I don't have a full revelation of this. So why would I expect that I can teach you for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and you can walk out the door with a revelation of it? I don't. But I can plant some seeds that can turn into revelation. Praise God. Praise God. So if you grab a hold of these things and begin to understand he died for you, so therefore that means you died. Praise God. How do you know him? Not according to the flesh. You know him not according to the flesh. You know him after the spirit because you know what the purpose was. And the purpose was not just that you could, get, could be forgiven of your sins and go to heaven. And if that's all you want, that's okay. That's all you want. But I, for one, want a whole lot more than that. Why do I want more than that? Not, it's not that I'm being, if, if that's all there was, that would be awesome. That would be amazing. I am so grateful that, you know, for that fact that my sins are forgiven. But why would I want to settle for that when there's so much more? 
Why would I want to settle for just knowing that I'm not going to be punished for my sins? You know, if that's, if that's it, that's good enough for you, that's okay. But why? But why? Because he did all this to get in you. And you in him. And your lives can be merged together. He can live through you. Praise God. So in reality, Christ is very much alive and well in the earth today. Yes, Jesus, the Christ, is seated at the right hand of the Father. But the Christ is in you. You're seated with him in heavenly places, but he's still very much at work and active and alive in the earth today in you. Praise God. Praise God. He didn't have any trouble. The works that I do shall you do also. You won't have any trouble. You won't have any trouble. So why don't we do the works of Jesus? Because we don't realize his life is in us. Because we, we still know him after the flesh. That's why people still say things like, well, if Jesus were here. That's why we still say things like that. Because if, if, if he were here, then he would take care of this. But he's in you. Praise God. He's in you, and, you know, until you get it, you'll never do it. Praise God. Until you understand it, you'll never do it. And I know you're walking out of here with some revelation you didn't have when you came in, but don't just leave it at that. Don't just leave it right there. I want to pray for you right now. As the Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesians, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone under my voice today, under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would know the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead seated him at your own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And you have given him to be the head over all things to his body, which is the church, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for that revelation. I pray right now that lights begin to come on all over this room, all across this audience, over the airways, 
I pray that lights begin to come on. That people may begin to know Christ no more according to the flesh, but according to the ultimate purpose of why he came into this world. That he could get in us, live his life through us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, praise God right now, right now, I want you to just repeat this prayer after me. Every, everyone, please, repeat this prayer after me. And if you pray this and you mean what you say, you will be saved. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. His life and yours at that moment will be merged together. And then you can spend the rest of your life learning what that means. Praise God. Praise God. So, let's pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And he paid for all of my sins. And then you raised him from the dead so that I could have new life. And I thank you because of what he did. I will never have to pay for those sins because he paid for me. One died for me. Therefore, I am raised up to live with him and in him and he in me. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Amen. According to God's word, you're saved. I want to tell you of a, of a, uh, a free download. If you go to our, our website, wolcarlsbad.com, or if you log on to our Word of Life app, you can download a free book that is called I Choose Jesus. And it will give you information to tell you what happened to you, you need to how, how you need to proceed from here so please do that if you're sitting in this audience today and you prayed that prayer for the first time on the back of that blue card there's there's a box there that says I choose Jesus if you just check that and fill that out for us you can just leave it in the seat where you're at and we'll pick that up praise God we're so excited people that accept Jesus as their Savior. Praise God. There is nothing that gets us more excited than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need healing in your body, lift up your hand right where you're at. I want to just uh, pray a, a quick prayer of healing. If you'll receive it, healing is yours. You can have it right now. In the name of Jesus, I just declare healing over every person that has raised their hand on, in our uh, online audience, those that have raised their hand, those that are right there ready to receive. In the name of Jesus, I just speak healing over them. I tell you now, in Jesus' name, receive your healing. Now just say this, say, I receive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Also, if you are a born-again believer and you have never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, everyone who asks receives. So why would you not ask for a gift 
that Father has for you. Why would you not ask for it? So right now, it's very simple. Just ask for your gift. Let's just say this together. Say, Father, Jesus said you have a gift for me. Right now, he said if I would ask, I would receive. So I ask you for my gift. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I receive. Now, when you do that, there comes a language up from the inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit giving utterance. Just begin to start saying what he said, what he's saying on the inside of you. Just start saying it out of your mouth. That's what speaking with tongues is. Holy Spirit giving utterance. Just say it. Praise God. Praise God. You do the speaking. He gives the utterance. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe it's been a great day. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love 